Thank you for joining the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Northwestern Division for today's Missouri River Basin Water Management Conference Call. We plan to host monthly calls through early June. We will be holding public meetings in April, and the next call will be held Tuesday, May 7, at 1 p.m. If basin conditions warrant an ad hoc call due to an unexpected change, we will by the region of the additional call. These calls are provided as a courtesy to congressional representatives, tribal, state, and local government officials, and the media. I am Eileen Williamson, and I will be moderating today's call. The slides from today's call are on our website at www.nwd-mr.usace.army.mil and they are linked in today's press release. These calls are recorded and placed on the Defense Video and Imagery Distribution System at www.dvidshub.nut slash unit slash USACE dash NWD. Your participation acknowledges your consent to be recorded. All lines have been placed on mute. To unmute your line to ask a question, press star six. Please be aware that the forced mute function does not work on all phones, so if I ask, please use your phone's own mute function to avoid interrupting the call. Do not place the call on hold. We will have a question and answer session at the end of the call. Calls for questions will not be part of the recording if none are asked. However, questions are encouraged. For the convenience of our media representatives, the final slide in this presentation includes each speaker's name, title, and contact information. The agenda and presenters' names for today's call will be as follows. John Remus, Chief of the Corps of Engineers, Missouri River Basin Water Management Division. Doug Cluck from NOAA's National Center for Environmental Information. Kevin Lau from the National Weather Service's Missouri Basin River Forecast Center. And representatives from the Missouri Basin Water Management Division. As part of our ongoing collaboration with agencies, we have also invited Laura Edwards, who is the state climatologist for South Dakota, as well as our district emergency managers who will work with state and local emergency managers to provide technical assistance when requested. During the question and answer session at the end of this call, if there are questions that fall outside our purview for managing the Missouri River main stem operations, we may call upon their expertise to answer your questions. And with that, I will turn it over to you, John. <clears throat> thank you, Eileen. Hello, and thank you for joining us on this, the third Missouri Basin Outlook Conference Call of 2019. I am John Remus, Chief of the Missouri River Basin Water Management Division. I appreciate your participation and look forward to working with you in the coming year. The Corps' Northwestern Division is committed to better communication with the congressional delegations, states, tribes, and stakeholders, and this call is just part of that effort. As Eileen mentioned, there will be a question and answer session after the presentations, and I encourage you to ask questions. This helps us improve all of our communication efforts and gives us some additional insight as to the concerns of the basin stakeholders. Flood risk management remains our primary consideration as we move forward into 2019. All of the 2018 stored flood water has been evacuated from the system. The system reached the base of the annual flood control and multiple use zone on January 29th. All of the 16.3 million acre feet of flood control storage is available for managing 2019 runoff. It is important to understand that floods can and will occur regardless of basin or system conditions, 
including ice-induced flooding during the winter and spring breakup periods, and following and flooding due to spring and summer thunderstorms, particularly along the lower Missouri River, which cannot be mitigated by the operation of the Missouri of the mainstream system. In late December, we posted the final 2019 annual operating plan on our website. In it, we describe our planned operations of the reservoir system under a wide range of runoff conditions. I would like to emphasize that it is a system, not six individual projects. It is also important to note that the annual operating plan is not intended to be a forecast for the coming year. Rather, it, ex it examines a range of potential runoff scenarios spanning 80% of the historic record and provides stakeholders an array of potential reservoir levels and releases that may be expected under various runoff conditions. The annual operating plan also indicates how the reservoir system will be regulated to serve all eight congressionally authorized purposes to fulfill our responsibilities to the tribes and how we intend to comply with other laws, such as the Endangered Species Act. In contrast to the annual operating plan, real-time regulation of the reservoir system is done using the best available hydrologic and climatic information and is adjusted to respond to changing conditions on the ground. Each month, and more frequently if needed, we produce updated runoff and reservoir regulation forecasts. Late last week, we posted the March runoff and reservoir regulation forecast on our website, and earlier today, we put out a press release covering much of the same information we are going to cover on today's call. I will now turn the meeting over to Doug Cluck and Kevin Lau to discuss the weather and river outlooks. Doug? Um, thank you very much, Army Corps of Engineers and all of the participants on this call. Um, go ahead and go to the next slide. This is Doug Cluck from NOAA. I'm going to give you a brief uh, overview of what has happened over the last, well, in this condition, in this case, 90 days, and then sort of give you an overview of um, the, upcoming, the upcoming season or two into the future. Looking at these maps, these are the last 90 days of temperature on the left and precipitation on the right as compared to normal. The, as you can see on the left, anything sort of in a green to blue to dark blue shading is below normal temperatures. No surprise to you there, the last 90 days uh, overall for the basin has been below normal in terms of temperatures. Uh, although, this said, December, actually through some of January, uh, most of January, was relatively warm. So if we just look at that period, you would see uh, warmer colors in there. Uh, it has been so cold, though, uh, mostly through February, that uh, it's sort of washed out all the, any, any, any sort of lingering warmth, if you will, and uh, it's been much colder, uh, again, as, as you well know. Looking at the other uh, graphic there on the right, the percent of normal precipitation, you can see that, again, where you see greens, anything green or blue or even purple in some cases, that's above normal precipitation. Uh, and where you see yellows and oranges, those, those are below normal precipitation. Again, for that same period, more or less December through uh, the beginning of March, uh, relatively wet uh, conditions across most of the basin as a whole. And as you transition to the north, um, most of that precipitation has been uh, of the snow, of, of, of sort of a frozen type, I guess you could say. Let's go to the next slide. So here, uh, here's what I was talking about in terms of, of uh, in terms of the cold in, ter uh, in February, almost 25 degrees or more, 
below normal for this period from February uh, 3rd through March 4th. Left-hand um, uh, uh, graphic there. Uh, but, as you can see throughout the entire basin, the, the entire basin was below normal. It just happened to be a heck of a lot colder, and a lot of records uh, broken in um, Montana for various reasons uh, because of it. And then on the right, uh, more or less, uh, you can see that the basin has been above normal. Anything that's green into the blue, into the purple, has been above normal precipitation. Um, unless you're in the mountains, though, the only thing I'll say about precipitation this time of year in the colder times of year, uh, above normal in the plains doesn't necessarily mean an incredible amount of actual moisture. However, in this case where we see 200 and 400 uh, percent of normal, uh, especially across Montana, that is considerable. Uh, that is considerable amount of precipitation, is especially when it compared to used to uh, what they're used to. And then, as you go down the basin, you'll see that uh, maybe there were some dry spots in southeast Wyoming and western Nebraska, Panhandle of Nebraska, uh, uh, and then down into Kansas and such. But generally speaking, it has been we've been in a wet pattern for quite some time. Next slide. So it's important to know as well as we can uh, what's going on in the soil beneath uh, you know uh, beneath the the top layer. And so this is looking at soil moisture, and as you can see across Nebraska, Kansas, Iowa, those regions that, <clears throat> and Montana for that matter, it, the soil moisture is, as far as we know right now, uh, it's relatively uh, relatively wet. Those places in uh, South Dakota, maybe I don't know if Laura wants to speak to those at some point or if she's uh, um, going to or not. But in some places in, in South Dakota, North Dakota, this is modeled precipitation, so it may may or may not be. 100% accurate in terms of dryness. Uh, there's also the fact that the soils are frozen, and in some places where it's indicating dry, it may actually be dry at the, at the deep levels where we had drier conditions than normal um, last fall and such. But generally speaking, <clears throat> especially the lower basin, uh, soil conditions are, uh, I'd say, extremely wet. Next slide. This is a comparison of, uh, well, this is, first of all, the snow snowpack in terms of snow water equivalent, and really, um, I think someone else will show a better graphic of this. What I really wanted to show is this is last month on the right and the current, more or less, on the left in terms of snowpack, and if you just look at colors really quickly there, you'll see that generally things have gotten wetter across the entire west, let alone um, the Missouri Basin, which is the easternmost or rightmost uh, basins uh, of of those depicted in both of these uh, both both of these graphics, the percentages in there for the Missouri Basin show that there has been an uptick in terms of percent of normal, especially there in no northwest Wyoming and uh, portions of uh, Montana, where they're um, they're pushing 100. And, well, it's hard to read that 130, 120 percent of normal, 120 percent of normal. Sorry. Uh, next slide. Uh, and again, someone else will talk a little bit more about this a little bit later. But, and I, you know, thinking back on this, I probably should have included last month just to show the difference between the two or shown a difference map. Um, anyway, uh, the snowpack has increased since last month, generally speaking, uh, up to uh, in some portions of eastern uh, Dakotas based on this uh, sort of output. Uh, six to eight inches, and maybe even more than that in terms of liquid, frozen liquid uh, precipitation on the ground 
in those places. Again, Laura probably can give a better estimate of how real that is. Uh, but also notice all the way back into western portions of western and northwestern South Dakota and well, most of North Dakota and portions of uh, Montana, there there's a, there has been an increase in snowpack. The rest of the basin, there is some across Iowa, obviously uh, two to four inches in some places where they had a, a substantial snow, snowfall from Kansas to, uh, to Minneapolis, more or less. Uh, I think that was last week. Next slide and next slide. So this is looking at temperature and precipitation probabilities for next week. I think the key here, uh, so so starting on March 14th, which uh, um, I believe is a week from now, uh, looking at temperatures on the left. Uh, in, uh, so our temperatures, according to the prediction, uh, there's a very strong probability that we're not going to warm up uh, a whole lot during this period. Now, this is relative to normal this probability, so we're not going to have the minus 20s and maybe not even minus 10s uh, that we had uh, previous to this, but but still below normal temperatures throughout this area where you see dark shadings of blue on the left-hand side. Um, the good news, I think, is that uh, the probabilities for above normal precipitation are more or less uh, less than normal across the entire basin, especially uh, across the mountains. So anyway, um, this is the week two outlook. It's not going out very far. It's only for one week. But that's what we're seeing in terms of uh, precipitation and temperature uh, probabilities. I'm going to mention very quickly that <laughs> before this week happens, uh, there's going to be substantial moisture uh, in the lower basin that I think Kevin's going to uh, talk to talk about a little bit more when he talks about uh, flooding um, outlooks and things like that coming up in the next seven days. And again, uh, if I would have thrown up uh, the accumulated amounts of precipitation for that period, you would see substantial uh, rainfall uh, pushing two inches across a large part of the lower basin. But I'm not going to steal all of Kevin's thunder, so I will uh, transition to the next slide. So here is the look at uh, just looking at March. Uh, the pattern uh, really... <laughs> kind of hangs in there in terms of uh, below normal temperatures, uh, better probabilities of below normal temperatures across the entire basin. Really focused on the Missouri Basin almost, uh, which is um, sort of unquieting for all of us who have had to deal with below normal temperatures for, seems like, forever. And then on the right-hand side, uh, precipitation more or less uh, slightly, there's a slightly enhanced uh, probability of above normal uh, above normal to normal precipitation across the lower part of the basin for the month of March. I think when these were created at the beginning of March, um, yeah, they they sort of saw that there was some precipitation coming, but I probably didn't know that uh, we'd be having the precipitation we'd be doing over the next uh, week or so. So. Um, if they were doing it today, this would be the precipita precipitation side would be enhanced quite a bit. Anyway, next slide. Looking at the seasonal outlook, which is March, April, and May, combining all three months together and coming out sort of averaging those three months together, looking at temperature on the left, really that's a that's a prediction that there is an equal chance of b above, below, and near normal temperatures, even with March being cold. Uh, March, April, May, uh, 
uh, is leaning towards some well is leaning towards uh, an equal chance of above, below, and near normal. So uh, to, for that to happen, probably if to become a near normal, we're going to have to have above normal temperatures, substantial above normal temperatures, since March was so cold. So we'll see how it all pans out after those three months are those three months are over. And uh, that's for the whole basin, for the most part. Um, equal chances. Precipitation, as you can see there, where it's light green, there is a slight leaning towards enhanced. Uh, uh, precipitation across uh, mostly the west southwest portions of of the Missouri basin so not a strong um, not a strong forecast there I'd say and then I think I have one more about uh, two more slides so next slide is looking just bumping this one month forward again and I think I put this in there to show the precipitation um, outlook because the temperature outlook doesn't really show much other than again equal chances above below near normal uh, precipitation is for wet mainly uh, conditions or above normal precipitation during the spring period into June. The next slide, I think, yeah. Oh, I have a couple more. So, next slide shows what where drought conditions are. Uh, very few, and again, this has been slowly but surely waning as time goes on, uh, especially in the southwest portions of the basin. And then uh, the the outlook is for nothing to develop across the region either. Uh, that makes sense based on the forecast that we've just seen and we're going to see uh, over the next few days. Next slide. Okay, so the summary is, I haven't talked about El Nino, but there is an El Nino advisory out uh, through spring. The impacts of that are maybe a little bit less than what they would be during our winter season uh, since we're in the spring. Uh, it's a relatively weak El Nino, so it's, again, its impact on our weather um, may not be that strong, so I'm not going to go into too much about that. Uh, that might be a different conversation. There is a decent uh, plain snowpack. It's pretty widespread. Eastern, north, and north, north and south Dakota snowpack up to six to eight uh, inches in spots uh, plus of water on the ground. Mountain snowpack mainly average to above average. Uh, so soil moisture tending to be wetter than normal, and much wetter to wet, to much wetter than normal, I should add. And then predictions for temperatures: basically March cooler than normal mainly equal chances beyond that. Precipitation, likely to lean towards normal to wet conditions in March, lower lower basin wet conditions. And then uh, uh, for March, April, May, uh, and beyond, maybe a, a little bit better uh, chances for uh, above normal precipitation, especially as we get into April, May, June um, during that time period. And uh, I, maybe one more slide? Yeah, and so if anybody is interested in sort of uh, keeping track or if, who doesn't know about these already, we do a monthly um, summary and outlook of, of similar things that I just showed here, but a lot more in depth. Uh, Becky Bollinger the Colorado, from the Colorado State Climate Office will be giving that presentation on March 21st at 1 p.m. Any and everybody is invited to that from anywhere. Everybody has access to these slides, so you can go back and look at these slides if you want to register for that or you can email me, and I'll put you on the list. So anyway, thank you so much, and I'll turn it over to Kevin. Thank you. Good afternoon, everyone. Okay, great. Uh, my name is Kevin Lau. I work for the National Weather Service, Missouri Basin River Forecast Center in Kansas City. And on behalf of the National Weather Service, I wish to thank the Corps for inviting Doug and I uh, to participate on these calls. Um, as Douglas has already said, uh, snowpack conditions in the mountains uh, can be categorized as near normal to maybe a little bit above normal. 
by this point in the winter, we have uh, accumulated usually about 80% of the seasonal peak snow water equivalent in the mountains. So we're, we're getting close to seeing what we're going to see. Uh, the March water supply forecast uh, developed by the National Weather Service was issued this past Monday, and it does project a near average runoff volume uh, for the mountainous west for the 2018 season. Uh, and we do not expect significant flooding from mountain snowmelt alone um, this year. As Doug said, uh, plain snow exists over the uh, majority of the Missouri River Basin. Uh, the heaviest amounts in terms of snow water equivalent are to be found along the northern and eastern boundary of the basin, extending from northern Montana on into north-central North Dakota and then southward into eastern South Dakota. And along this arc of heaviest plain snow, two to three inch um, snow water equivalent amounts are common uh, with pockets in excess of five inches. Given the current plain snowpack, the existence of frozen ground conditions over uh, much of the basin, and wetter than normal soils, there is this year an enhanced risk for flooding in the eastern portion of the Missouri River Basin. Long-range river outlooks extending out the next three months were issued by our office this week, and these outlooks call for major level flooding along many of the tributaries in South Dakota and in Iowa. Specifically, we are projecting major level flooding along the James River in South Dakota, the Big Sioux in South Dakota and Iowa, and the Floyd and Little Sioux rivers in Iowa. The Missouri River downstream of Gavin's Point Dam is also expected to see moderate level flooding this season. And with the rain that Douglas uh, talked about this coming week, uh, we probably will see some activity in the reach between St. Joseph and Waverly, uh, talking only minor flooding uh, possibilities for next, re next week's uh, liquid event. Springtime flooding in the, uh, in the southeastern third of the basin is typically driven by thunderstorm activity, and we again expect this sort of uh, hydrologic activity to occur because of, of convection. Freeze-up ice jamming has already been reported within the basin, uh, but with uh, not so much significant impacts being reported. Break-up ice jam flooding is almost a certainty this year, given that the colder than normal temperatures continue to uh, not only keep river ice in place, but also to build it. And, um, of course, as Doug has mentioned, we've delayed uh, the plain snowmelt, and we are getting ever closer to when the precipitation, when it falls, will fall not as frozen, but as liquid. So all these things combined give us an enhanced risk for ice jam flooding as well. Of course, it's uh, very difficult to pinpoint uh, the locations that may be impacted uh, and the level of severity. So uh, our office does not uh, put out uh, uh, projections of river stage due to ice jam flooding, but those who live along rivers who, who that do experience it should monitor it very closely this year. Uh, the River Forecast Center issued the latest spring flood outlook. That's where we look at the entire basin and, and give categorical um, projections as to uh, what we believe will be uh, the flooding risk for uh, this season, and you can find that out, or you can see uh, the River Forecast Center outlook at the website there at the bottom of the slide. Individual weather forecast offices 
There are 21 of them sprinkled throughout the basin. They will also be issuing their local river outlooks uh, later today. Thank you, and this concludes the National Weather Service Flood uh, Potential Brief. Thanks, Kevin. We'll turn it over to Kevin Stone. Okay, thank you, Eileen. Go ahead to the next one. Okay. The 2019 calendar year runoff forecast for the upper Missouri basin above Sioux City is 28.4 million acre feet, which is 112% of average. The forecast increased about 3 million acre feet from the February 1 forecast due to the increase in the accumulation of plain snowpack throughout the upper basin and increases in mountain snowpack. For the March 1 calendar year forecast, the most important forecast factors are plains and mountain snowpack, soil moisture conditions, and the NOAA Climate Prediction Center's monthly and seasonal temperature and precipitation outlooks. Throughout the year, we will continue to monitor soil conditions, plains and mountain snow accumulation, and temperature and precipitation outlooks. We update our forecast on a monthly basis more often if warranted. Next slide. At this time of year, plains and mountain snowpack provide the best indication of spring runoff in the upper basin. Plain snowpack usually peaks in February or March and melts in March and April. Plain snowpack has increased significantly in coverage over the upper basin during the past 30 days. The heaviest plain snowpack is in eastern South Dakota in the James and Big Sioux River basins, which are unregulated basins that drain into the Missouri River below Gavin's Point Dam. The National Weather Service's National Operational Hydrologic Remote Sensing Center, or NORISC, modeled snow assessment, shown here in slide 20, indicates a moderate to heavy snowpack in these basins. Plain sleet ranges from 4 to 6 inches in the Big Sioux River Basin and possibly 2 to 4 inches of sleet in the Central Dakotas, including the James River Basin. The NORISC snowmack is even showing isolated areas of six to eight inches of sweet in some portions of the Big Sioux River Basin. Farther west, light to moderate sweet ranging from one to three inches has developed in the western Dakotas. In western and central Montana, heavy snowfall accumulated in February, resulting in two to three inches of sweet on the ground. Also, the Corps would like to express at this time our appreciation to any volunteers listening today for continuing to support the Basin's collective effort to measure Plains Sui. The measurements have been valuable in assessing the Upper Basin Plains Sui. Next slide. Here in slide 21, uh, soil moisture conditions shown by the NOAA NLDAS soil moisture percentile map for March 2nd show several areas of wetter than normal soil moisture conditions, which are indicated by increasing shades of green to blue. Areas in Nebraska, southeastern South Dakota, Iowa, and Kansas have wet soils going into the spring. Soil conditions are also wet in Montana. We expect runoff potential from snowmelt and spring rain to be higher in the areas with wet soil moisture conditions. Next slide. Here in slide 22, the purple shaded area in the upper Missouri basin are watershed areas that drain into the main stem system reservoirs while the non-shaded areas drain directly into the Missouri River and its tributaries with no reservoir regulation. The area encompassed by the ellipse 
is the unregulated area where an estimated four to six inches of sweet are present. While runoff from these tributaries does not drain directly into the main stem reservoirs, reservoir releases in the Missouri River can be reduced if potentially high runoff does occur from these tributaries. The Corps will continue to closely monitor the plain snowpack and stream flow in this region as we move into the spring. Next slide. Here in slide 23 is the mountain snowpack. As of March 7th, Mountain Swee was near average in both reaches, 107% of average in the Fort Peck Reservoir Reach and 103% of average in the Garrison Reach or Fort Peck to Garrison. Mountain snowpack usually peaks in mid-April and melts in April, May, and June. Normally, by March 1st, about 80% of the eventual peak snowpack has accumulated. However, in recent years, we have observed significant mountain snowpack accumulations in March and April. Given the cold conditions and cold outlook, we expect the mountain snowpack to peak no earlier than mid-April and possibly later. So the bottom line is we are aware that mountain snowpack conditions could change significantly during the next two months, and we are closely monitoring the mountain snowpack. Now we'll move on to slide 24, and Ryan Larson from our office will discuss the March Reservoir System Regulation Studies. Thanks, Kevin. Go to the next slide. Slide 25 shows the reservoir system storage. On March 29th, the reservoir system storage reached 56.1 million acre-feet, which is at the base of the annual flood control zone. This means that all the stored 2018 floodwaters have been evacuated from the system. Currently, the system storage is at 56.1 million acre-feet, and all of the 16.3 million acre-feet of flood storage is available for the 2019 runoff season. Releases from Gavin's Point started the month at 18,000 CFS and were increased to 19,000 CFS last night. Releases will be increased to 20,000 tomorrow and are expected to remain near that rate until releases are stepped up beginning on or around March 20th to provide support for the 2019 navigation season. The navigation season will open on April 1st at the mouth near St. Louis. Under the monthly simulations. The basic simulation uses the runoff forecast that Kevin just described. Due to the amount of variability in precipitation and other hydrologic factors that can occur over the next several months, we also develop an upper and lower runoff that are used in the upper and lower basic simulations. These simulations provide a range of reservoir elevations and releases that may be expected under the different runoff scenarios. The discussion to follow will focus on the basic or most likely runoff forecast. Information on the other runoff simulations is posted on our website. Slide 22 looks at the upper three reservoirs under the most likely forecast. Or slide 26, sorry. Fort Peck Reservoir is expected to peak near elevation 2241.1 or 7.1 feet into the 16-foot flood pool, which, is, which extends from elevation 2234 to 2250. Peak releases are expected to average about 11,000 CFS this summer. Garrison Reservoir is expected to peak near elevation 1843.9, or 6.4 feet into the 16.5 foot flood pool, which extends from elevation 1837.5 to 1854. Peak releases are expected to average about 27,000 this summer. Oahe Reservoir is expected to peak near elevation 1612.9, 
or 5.4 feet into the 12.5 foot flood pool, which extends from elevation 1607.5 to 1620. Peak releases are expected to average about 32,000 CFS this summer. Next slide. The service level is used to determine releases from Gavin's Point Dam to support navigation and to help provide an eight to nine foot deep navigation channel downstream. The navigation service level at the start of the navigation season is based on the March 15th system storage. We are now within a few days of March 15th and it is likely that flow support for navigation will be full service. Flows for this service level are designed to provide a nine foot deep navigation channel with Gavin's Point releases expected to range from the upper 20,000 CFS to the low 30,000 CFS this summer, depending on downstream conditions as releases will be reduced in response to downstream flooding. However, the effectiveness of the reservoir system to reduce peak stages along the lower river diminishes as you move further downstream due to travel time. The service level for the remainder of the navigation season and the navigation season's length are based on the July 1st system storage. Under the basic forecast, flow support for navigation would be full service after the July 1st storage check and a full eight month navigation season would be provided. Energy generation at the main stem dams for the 2019 basic simulation is 10, point, or 10 billion kilowatt hours. This compares to the long-term average of approximately 9.4 billion kilowatt hours. Next slide. This slide shows the Missouri River Basin Weekly Update, which is found on our website at the address shown at the top of the slide. This web page gives the general overview of the current conditions on the Missouri River Basin and is updated weekly, usually on Tuesday morning. Thank you, and this concludes my talk. <coughs> Thank you, Kevin and Ryan. Uh, in summary, as uh, Ryan's pointed out, in, uh, the entire 13.3 million acre feet of flood storage is available for managing 2019 runoff. The Missouri River Mainstream Reservoir System is positioned to provide good support to all the authorized purposes. We will continue to monitor the conditions in the basin and will make necessary release adjustments as the spring unfolds. Before I turn it back to Eileen for questions and answers, I'd like to let everybody know that our spring public meetings will be held on April 9th through 11th. April 9th, we will be in Fort Peck, Montana and Bismarck, North Dakota. We will be in Pierce, South Dakota and Sioux City, Iowa on, the, on April 10th and in Nebraska City, Nebraska and Smithville, Missouri on April 11th. The meeting times and venues are included in the news release that was put out earlier today and you can view the press release on the Missouri River Basin Water Management webpage. I encourage you to attend one. Of, I encourage you to attend one of these meetings if necessary. I'd also like to thank uh, Doug Cluck and Kevin Lau from the uh, from uh, NOAA for their contributions to this call. And at this time, I'll uh, turn it back to you, Eileen. Thanks, John. Um, a link to the basin is also the weekly update is also provided in today's uh, press release. And we look forward to seeing you at next month's meeting. Uh, the next call is scheduled for 1 p.m. on Tuesday, May 7th. Uh, the final slide is today's speakers. And with that, we'll move into the question and answer session. Uh, remember that you need to press star 6 to come off mute.
Questions from congressional delegation members, tribes, state and local government, and the press will be fielded in, uh, by state in alphabetical order. Please state your name and the organization you represent before asking your question. If it's a question that is not something that is within the uh, purview of the main stem reservoir operations, we will uh, pass that question to some of the agency partners who participate in this call or um, identify who we can get with you to answer your question. So with that, we'll move to uh, State of Iowa. Are there any questions from the State of Iowa? Uh, star six to come off mute. Questions from the State of Kansas? Missouri? Montana? Nebraska? North Dakota? South Dakota? Wyoming? Hey, Eileen, this is Jerry from WNAX in Yankton. Sorry, you probably went past South Dakota when I was unmuting. No, that's fine. We're glad you're out there. Okay, yeah, uh, and a couple questions here, and, and uh, I was jumping back and forth with another conference call, so apologies if this was mentioned, but uh, what's, what's the runoff uh, looking like at Sioux City, especially considering the flood outlooks came out today for major flooding in the James Vermilion Big Sioux? What, what's the potential uh, uh, runoff uh, flow situation in the Sioux City area at this point? Uh, are you asking what the, uh, the volume of runoff or the discharge well, the volume, the, runoff, yeah, the volume of runoff in the Sioux City area, considering what's coming down below Gavin's. Well, our runoff above Sioux City, our annual runoff is 28.4 million acre-feet, which is about uh, 2.5 million acre-feet above normal. Uh, as far as what the discharge in the river is going to be, it really depends on how the melt takes place in the uh, the Big Sioux River Basin particularly. Yeah, I've seen some stories that there's been some changes in and around Sioux City. Has there been in terms of flow capacity, river capacity? In the Missouri River, not really. Not, not recently. And then the other question that came up was the, the status of the snowpack monitoring system that we've talked about over the last several years. Is it out there? Is it functioning? Well, you know, where are you at with that? It's still under development. Um, we are, this office is leading that effort, but it is a multi-agency effort that involves a number of federal agencies, a number of state agencies as well. And, and uh, it has not been funded, uh, the implementation of that has not been funded yet. Uh, any anticipation when and when it will be deployed? Uh, we are going to put together a, an implementation plan that should be available sometime late summer. Uh, when, whenever Congress gets the money, uh, then it will be implemented. Has the Corps requested uh, money for that, you know, and how much? We, are, we, uh, we don't know how much. We're still putting together the plan. Uh, we, uh, we're... Uh, remain in contact with uh, Senator Rounds from South Dakota. He is the, the primary uh, uh, sponsor of that legislation. Um, but we have not put in a budget request through our formal uh, budgeting process yet. So fair to say it's a next year project at best? I would say at best. And it, 
It would be implemented over uh, a number of years. It's, uh, it's a rather large undertaking, and uh, to think that we could get everything in place in a single year would be just not practical. So in lieu of that, there was discussion earlier about a, you know, some backup type of system, you know, on-the-ground monitors. Is, is that kind of what you're relying on uh, this year? Yes, we have, a, we have a number of people that uh, do snow measurements for us in the basin. And then, of course, the, the National Weather Service uh, has their modeling and, and their data collection as well. I don't know if uh, Doug or uh, Kevin want to speak any more on that or not. This is Kevin. Uh, we rely a lot on the uh, uh, observers, that the volunteer observers, but a lot of our, our snow data that we get uh, is actually uh, produced, or it's a model output from our river model since, since we don't have as many observations as we would like. All right, thanks for that. Any other questions, Jerry? That covers it. Thanks, Eileen. Yes, thank you. Um, with that, are there any other questions out there from national media, local media, congressional representatives, tribes? Star six to come off mute. Yeah, hi, this is Dave Pearson at the Weather Service in Omaha. I had a question. Okay, thank you. Um, just, you know, looking at things, and it's certainly a wet basin, um, a lot of concern about the unregulated flow. Has there been any, in, and this is for the Corps of Engineers, sorry, has there been any discussion, internal or external, regarding a variance or deviation from the master manual to allow for more flood storage below the 56.1 number? Um, and thanks for taking my question. Uh, the answer is no, we have not uh, had any of those discussions. Okay, are there any other questions out there? Again, star six to come off mute. Okay, the next meeting will be held in April. The schedule is on our website. And the next call will be held Tuesday, May 7th at 1 p.m. We appreciate your participation today. Was, was there another person out there with a question? Okay, with that, we'll end the call.